Hello, and welcome to the James Sheets Podcast. This podcast features the sermons and preaching messages of James Sheets, who pastored throughout West Virginia for many years. If you like what you hear, please subscribe and leave a five-star review and share a memory of James with us. Let's listen as Pastor James Sheets begins his message. I use this same passage of Scripture during the revival to speak concerning the prodigal son. This morning I would like to use this passage of Scripture not to speak about a prodigal father, although there are such, but to think in terms of the reaction and the relationship of the third person of uh, the second person of the story, the father. There are three people in the story, the prodigal son, the father, and the elder son. But thinking in terms of the father of the story, we know the story well. How that the youngest of the family, when he came of age, when he became an adult legally, asked his father to give him that which he believed was his right, that he might take his money and go and do with it as he pleased. Our emphasis is not upon what the son did, but upon what the father did, in that he allowed his son to take that which the son believed was his rightful heirship and go do as he pleased. There comes a time when a father must let go of his children. It's a difficult time. When the child sets out on his own life, some of the things that I may say this morning, I may have said back during the revival, if you can remember what I said then, forgive me. I'm not sure that I can remember, and I did not go back to check my notes to make a comparison. But I do recall the time that I left home, which was my time to go to college, and I could not understand the reaction of my father when he wept that day as he hugged me and bid me goodbye. For I was setting out upon an adventure in life when I had the world by the tail and was, was ready to tackle anything, not knowing that I didn't even know what the world was about, not knowing that I was not aware of the problems that I would face and the circumstances that would come upon me, for I was in intelligence now, I was in college. I found out what he meant when my first child left home with the same attitude to set the world on fire and I said goodbye to her at the airport and put her on a plane to go to Kansas City to go to school. And she was all smiles and I was all tears. Then I understood for the first time, I think, in my life the tremendous impact that a father has upon his child and must have 
upon his child because there comes the day when he has to let go and trust that he has done what is right that he has instilled within his child all those things that are necessary for that child to face the uncertainties to have the wisdom to know when to back off and say nothing more that is a ter terrible time a sad time but it emphasizes the importance that has already been mentioned in the devotional that William gave us and and Senate read this morning of the time of training of a child in the way that he should go and when he is old he will not depart from it that's a difficult verse for me to accept I've told you on other occasions, and particularly on Wednesday nights, that I have extreme difficulty in some verses of the Scripture. And I have to accept it on faith. And I, this is one of them when I must say to myself, Lord, I have done, I hope I have done, I pray that I have done what you set me here to do in instructing my children. And now I must turn them loose and trust that someday I will see the rewards of my efforts and my labors in their life when though they may not be what I want them to be, yet I have instilled within them some little thing that will cause them to be the kind of boy or girl that I expect and I trust that the Lord expects. This man divided his goods and gave it to his son, and he went off on his own. God does the same thing with you and me. He will allow us to take off the worldly goods that he has provided and go do our own thing. How we use that which he has put in our hands is an illustration of the very thing that happens between a father and his child when he also gives to his child all that he possibly can physically and mentally and we trust spiritually to use it as he sees fit. A child seldom considers the impact upon the father or the mother and I think we seldom consider the impact that we have upon the heart of God when we take from Him all that He provides without consideration as to what the results are to the heart of God Himself by that which we do with His goods. But yet it's there. The prodigal goes off and spends his money has a good time. Most of us can remember doing the same thing. And then hardship comes. His mind hasn't been on home for a long time. And now suddenly his memory comes back and he reflects upon what his father must be doing 
upon what they're having for supper, upon the vacations that they used to take. And all of the memories began to come back, and his heart begins to get homesick. Homesickness is one of the worst sicknesses there is in this world. And most of us probably have experienced it. The memories that come to mind when one is separated from home begin to be important. The bad things seem to be smaller and the good things seem to get bigger. As they ought. Which says something to us as fathers. What we are building in the memory of our children will come back to bless us or to haunt us. For that's all that they're going to have is a memory for they're going to have left home and establish their own life and they're going to think uh, back and that's all they're going to do is think back and remember some of the greatest times that I have with my kids is when we sit around and remember and I trust that those things that my children recall to mind and heart are things that are good and will cause them to want to come back to the home from which they went. The prodigal began to think of the good times, of the plenty, of the pleasures, of the security that he had. Dad's testimony Dad's life, Dad's practice, Dad's philosophy, Dad's religion, Dad's faith suddenly becomes very important. I guarantee you that a child will be like his father and like his mother unless something intervenes. And many of you sit here as testimonies of an intervention. When you're not wayward like your father, when you have escaped that impact because the Lord Jesus Christ has become so important, but dads, don't you forget that if your children escape your influence, it will be a tremendous struggle to overcome it because you have had a tremendous impact for good or for evil in your life. If you have been a godly man and your child goes astray, it will be with tremendous struggle that they override the goodness that you have instilled within them. But if you are not a Christian and have not followed a good, godly life, 
it will be also with tremendous struggle that they overcome and succeed in spite of your lack of spiritual leadership. The man says to himself, here I am sitting eating with the hogs. I have wasted everything that my father gave me. I have disgraced his name. I have abused him in every way. But all he could do was think of father and home and the desire to return to that from which he came. Going home ought to be a good experience. It isn't always. But I believe firmly that every father needs to make it possible for his children to want to come home. Sometimes there is a rift that develops between the father and his child. And I've seen many of those. Fathers, let me advise you of one thing. Always make sure you keep the door open so your child can come home if he wants. He may never, but keep the door open so that he can come home and so that the prodigal can think, I want to go home. He thought, I've treated my father illy. He was good to me. And I abused him. I ignored him. He gave me life. He provided for me. He loved me. He fed me. He educated me. He clothed me. Listen, there may be many things wrong with our fathers, but all of us are his children. Remember this. Every one of us this morning is a child. Had it not been for your father, you would not be here. There would have been no such person. If you cannot find anything good about your father except that one fact, he created you, that ought to be enough. To hold him up in honor and respect in spite of anything that he might be. This father was a good father. So he said to himself, I'm going home and I'm going to say to my father, I've sinned. I've sinned against heaven and I've sinned against you and I want you to forgive me. I want that poem, Bill, put in my collection. Because it fits well to the point that I want to say right now. A father has expectations of his children. I guarantee you that I had high ex have and still have and always will have high expectations of my daughters. Every father expects his daughter to remain pure. Every father expects his daughter to remain sweet. Every father expects his daughter to be a loving daughter. That's just natural. They may not always be. But your father has a high expectation of you. 
as a daughter. Every father expects his son to be good, expects his son to be honest, expects his son to be upright. But listen, God has those same expectations of us all. As a matter of fact, the scripture says that God expects us to be holy, for he is holy. What is he saying? Our Heavenly Father expects us to be as He is. That's the same kind of expectation that earthly fathers most normally have of their children. I expect my children to be even greater and better and more perfect than me. I have high expectations and you have high expectations. There's nothing in this world that hurts me more than to know that I disappointed my father. Nothing in this world. My heart is destroyed when I even have the slightest inkling, even to this day, that I did not live up to the expectations of my father. And that's a tough one to deal with. But listen, we ought to have that same kind of desire to live up to the expectations of God. What is your life in relation to what your heavenly father expects? Here he comes home. He's dirty. He's been in the hog pen. He's, he has an odor about him that is extremely repulsive. He hasn't shaved. He hasn't washed his head. He is in rags, and he's coming up the dusty road. But he's not the one we're interested in. It's the Father. The Father sees him way off. And he looks carefully. Is that my son coming home? I think this father never stopped looking. Never stopped looking. Expecting that the day would come when his prodigal son would finally come to his senses, would finally realize the error of his ways, and he would turn and come home. There he looks, and finally the results of his prayer is in the road. Day after day and night after night, the father has prayed for his son, that his son will change his heart and mind and will return to the house of his father. And the, the father runs down the road to meet his son. He throws his arms around his stinking, dirty, filthy son and hugs him and kisses him because he is his son and he has returned. And this is God's reaction to you and to me. 
when we have strayed away from his teaching, from his home, and we've come back. Maybe I told you this story during the revival. Pardon me if I did, but let me repeat it because I think it's so important. A young man left home under difficult circumstances. Been away many years, and finally he came to his senses and he wrote home. And he asked his father to forgive him for the way he had been, that he desired to come home and make things right. He said, I will be riding through town on a train on a given day. If you will forgive me and allow me to come home, hang a sheet on the line. Their home was near the railroad track on the edge of town. And he said, then I will see the sheet and I will know that you have forgiven me and I can come home. If there's no sheet there, I'll know that I'm not welcome and I'll just go on. And he anxiously sat looking out the windows. The train entered the edge of town. And he didn't see one sheet hanging on the line. He saw the entire line covered with sheets. The entire house covered with sheets. The whole place was white with the sheets that said, I love you to the uttermost. You're forgiven. Come home. And that's the attitude that God expresses when his child will say, I've been wayward, I haven't been right, but I want to come home, I want to be a child again like I once was or perhaps never have been. And all a person has to do is start back because, you see, the scripture says that the father will run and grab and hug and kiss and the son started his little speech when he had made up and he was going to say, Father, I have sinned. And that's about as far as he got because the father said, put rings on his fingers and shoes on his feet and clean him up and put good clothes on him. For this my son was dead and he is alive again. There were no lectures, just love. That's one of the hardest things to keep from doing as a father is to keep from giving a lecture when one is not welcomed. God will not lecture. God simply will forgive and love. Father, I have sinned. And the father said, put a robe on him. Put a robe on him. All is forgiven. Thank you for listening to today's message. If you like what you hear, hit the subscribe button. You'll receive automatic notifications and downloads when a new message is added to the podcast. Also, please leave a five-star review and take the opportunity to share stories, memories, and appreciation for James Sheets and how God used him to impact your life. If you'd like to know why and how this podcast got started, check out our first episode. Lastly, if you want to donate to help offset the cost of operating this podcast, you'll find a link to our PayPal account in the podcast description and email us at james.com sheets.podcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and remember to trust in God for today and for all of your tomorrows.